as women, we really need to watch our self-talk. We're often our own worst enemies. We say things to ourselves we would never say to a good friend. So I always say to people, think about the way you talk to your best friend and have that be your inner monologue because that actually adds to your confidence. We can either build up or knock down our confidence by the way we talk to ourselves. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both, helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Today on the podcast, I have a returning guest, Dr. Amy from Dr. Amy uh, of Life Transitions. She is a wonderful uh, expert to have to talk about the topic we are going to tackle today. Uh, One of the things you may not know is that many women who go through divorce actually feel more confident after going through that process. Uh, One statistic out there is 65% of divorced women say they feel more economically secure as a result of working through the financial aspects of a divorce. In some ways, it can be a wake-up call for someone who's not taking responsibility uh, of their financial life and needs to. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about how, believe it or not, divorce is an opportunity to boost your financial confidence. And as we do that, we have Dr. Amy, who specializes in a variety of different life transitions and works both with individuals, as well as financial professionals. So I want to welcome Dr. Amy back to the Breaking Money Silence podcast. Thank you, KBK. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes. Last time you were on, we had a wonderful 100-episode celebration. So if anybody wants to check out what Dr. Amy and I talked about then, you can go to the 100th episode, and we had a really fun time. So I know divorce isn't necessarily a fun topic, uh, but I also realize that with the pandemic and with all the financial stress that's out there, that more and more women are looking at divorce. And also there's a lot of financial stress in addition to the divorce. So I wanted to to shift this topic on its head and really talk about potentially the upside of going through this life transition when it comes to financial knowledge and financial confidence. So I'm wondering, Dr. Amy, in your perspective, how do you think the pandemic is impacting or affecting couples and how they talk about money or manage money? Well, as you know, we're not good about this topic of talking about money in good times, say nothing about during a pandemic when people are already stressed. And we know that the pandemic has spiked the number of marriages ending And there's a lot of thought that we probably haven't seen the peak in that. And I I don't know about you, but 
I actually, last week, for example, had one day where I had four people talk to me about their struggles in their marriage during the pandemic. You know, this fact that we're locked in together for so long amplifies everything. And those, those were, by the way, four people in good marriages. So I think what we see get amplified too are the differences people have in spending and savings habits. And of course, then they're not talking about it, which brings the need for more healthy communication about money, which you talk about all the time. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I find, so my husband and I have good financial communication and, you know, I feel fortunate that we're in a good relationship, but there are times during this pandemic that I'm like, thank goodness that we have a good foundation. (laughs) It's tough. I mean, you know, I don't think any of us thought we'd be locked in with the person we love dearly 24-7 for this long. (laughs) Right. And I I also have girlfriends who are both in, you know, good relationships. I have some uh, girlfriends and some coaching clients who are not in great relationships, unfortunately. And so one of the things that they talk about is the financial uncertainty and really making sure that they're in a good position if they do decide when the pandemic's over or during it um, to leave. And so it really got me to thinking about this whole issue of when women aren't financially confident, it affects them in a variety of ways. But what do you think uh, about how financial confidence actually impacts a woman's ability to leave an unhealthy relationship? I think it's huge. If you don't feel like you can take care of yourself or if you're just uncertain about it all, you know, it completely impacts your ability to make the decision to leave an unhealthy relationship because it all feels too risky, right? So it, it makes us play. I, I I think lacking confidence around finances makes us play small, right? It keeps us in a stuck place at any time. But certainly if people are looking at leaving marriages that maybe aren't healthy anymore, it gets in their way if they don't have financial confidence. Right. And we know the statistics, at least around uh, the financial status of people, often women end up, at least historically, in not a great position compared to the man. But that isn't always the case, is it? No, it isn't always the case. I mean, the stats do show that women end up uh, often worse off. But I also think this is an opportunity for us to start claiming our financial power and start looking at how we turn that around too. You know, you mentioned confidence and I always think confidence and competence. So, you know, we're talking about confidence today, but we also want to talk about our financial competence. And so just because you're throwing that out there for the listeners to find the two and how you see them differently and how they complement each other. Well, the financial confidence piece is really about how we feel about money, right? It's about our perspective on it and and whether or not we feel like we understand money and we know how to manage it, which is completely separate from financial competence, which is our actual ability to do those things. You know, one of the interesting stats I, I see sometimes, KBK, is the fact that men have much higher financial confidence but it doesn't necessarily mean they're more financially competent with money. So we want to separate those two things out. And that is an absolute true stat. So we don't want to mail bash, but just know that you can have too much uh, confidence as well in the financial realm. And and if you don't have that (laughs) knowledge, that savvy. Right. Um, So, you know, this is really reminding me of a friend of mine who probably 15 years ago got divorced. And I remember her coming to me because her husband had cheated. She was, you know, obviously very distraught. And one of the first things she said to me was, 
I don't know anything about our finances. And Mm. they were very well off. He had his own business. They had several homes. But she was really, really upset. And and rightfully so, both for the cheating as well as, wow, now I have to take care of money and two kids. And, And so what ended up happening over the course of six months was really interesting to watch. She started working with a financial advisor. And the next time I saw her, she said to me, you know what? She goes, I actually like filling out my little financial worksheet and I'm pretty good at Excel. And, and over time, she became so much more financially confident and to your point, competent as well. And so in the work that you do, because you see so many women going through so many different transitions, how do you see this time of transition as potentially an opportunity to feel better about your relationship with money? I, I love I love that question. And it to me, this is about for all of us, all women listening to this, you don't have to be going through a divorce or or contemplating one. We want to be proactive and confident around money. That's what we want to do. And I you said one of the key things, which is find a financial advisor that you can work with who will help you on the both those sides, the competence and the confidence. And I always say to people, you know what you want to do is you want to put a plan together that looks at, now I'm thinking about somebody going through divorce or contemplating it here, KBK, but the idea of do it now, do it soon, do it later. And you can do this in every realm, but we're talking about financial. If you do that, what that helps to do is to combat overwhelm because when we're going through a life transition, it can be quite overwhelming. And so by having things segmented into do it now, do it soon, do it later, it gives us a little bit of peace of mind. This is what I'm focusing on. The other thing I think women really need to do is don't go it alone. So you want your advisor, but you also want to turn to your village or build your village. You want at least one person who will walk through the fire of things with you. This is really key. You know, as women, we do so well by garnering our social support and using it during tough times. And this is a time you really want to rely on your social support. And one last thing I want to add here, KBK, which I think is so key. As women, we really need to watch our self-talk. We're often our own worst enemies. We say things to ourselves we would never say to a good friend. So I always say to people, think about the way you talk to your best friend and have that be your inner monologue because that actually adds to your confidence. We can either build up or knock down our confidence by the way we talk to ourselves. Absolutely. And I think having compassion for ourselves, especially at difficult times. I mean, you know, we're all in a difficult time right now with the pandemic and the financial stress that inevitably that brings. And certainly if you're contemplating a divorce, going through a divorce or, you know, just on the other side of it, you want to be really compassionate to yourself as well. There's now, actually, you said, can I just add something there? Because it's so absolutely. key. Absolutely. That idea of self-compassion There's actually research, and I'm blanking on the psychologist's name, so I'm sorry to to not be able to quote her, but she talks about the fact that when she did research on how well people recover from divorce, the number one differentiator was self-compassion. It wasn't how long people had been married. It wasn't the fact of who cheated or didn't cheat or any of the circumstances we might think of. Self-compassion made the greatest difference in how quickly people healed from the divorce. So you're definitely on to something there. 
Oh, interesting. I'm glad that you shared that. Now, there's something else you shared earlier that I thought was really interesting about this before, during, after uh, going through a transition. So just for a minute, let's think about the listener out there who maybe is contemplating a divorce. What might be in that before, during, and after bucket? And how does that apply to someone contemplating it versus someone who's in it? Well, one of the best things I think that all of us can do, and certainly somebody contemplating a divorce, is to make sure you do a financial inventory. Now, you know, I am not a financial person, but I'll, there are things that I, in working with the financial industry for decades now, really think are key, and this is one of them. So a financial inventory are, is really three questions. Where is all, what are all the sources of my income? How much am I spending? And what's left over for investment? And if you're contemplating a divorce, you need to know where you are right now. That's an inventory. And I often use the analogy of GPS when I do this. And you know, when I talk to people about doing a financial plan, which I'm a big believer in women having financial plans, especially if they're contemplating a divorce, I'll say, you know, what's the first step it, when you get in your car and you flip on the GPS? What's the first thing it needs to know? And a lot of times people will say where I'm going, my destination. But the first thing it needs to know is where you are. It's searching for the satellites. And that's your financial inventory. Then you put in your destination. And that will ultimately be you know, your, your life goals and where you're going. And then your advisor can help you build the plan around that. But the immediate thing you need if you're contemplating a divorce is you need to have your financial inventory that you can then take to the advisor to go talk to them. And and I think that is so true. I mean, I'm all for financial plans and, and just like you certainly work with a lot of financial advisors. Uh, but I love that GPS analogy because if you don't know where you are, it's very easy to get in your head and to have all sorts of fears that may or may not be accurate. I also think to go back to compassion, it's hard to be compassionate to yourself if you only have this self-talk as opposed to having the facts in front of you. Absolutely. So I really love that that idea of really, if you're contemplating it, doing that financial work that needs to be done. And you know what I found? I did, I did a, a financial inventory a number of years ago when I was going to start teaching this idea. And the, 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 of course, the hardest one to do is what am I spending money on? And I used to joke that, you know, I have a budget, but I had this one category that seemed to be growing all the time that was called miscellaneous. And I was like, what is going in? What am I spending that is miscellaneous? And so I just tracked miscellaneous for a period of time. I think I did it for a few weeks. And, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, if I do that, what it's going to do is it's going to handcuff me. I'm not going to have freedom. No, no, it gives you freedom because what you find out are the things you're spending money on that give you pleasure and joy and the things you're spending money on that really is like throwing money out the window and you don't get a lot of return for it. And then you get to choose about moving some of that over to the stuff that gives you joy and potentially having more to invest so it really becomes a way to give yourself more control of your life. And especially when you're going through a divorce, you need that. Yes, yes. And I, as a side note in the pandemic, I have noticed that my miscellaneous category of online <laughs> shopping sometimes grows as well. So I think being mindful <laughs> yeah. around spending is really, really important. Um, so I want to, you also mentioned working with a financial professional. And yeah. so I really want to talk a little bit about how can a woman going through a divorce or even contemplating a divorce 
really find a good financial professional because we both know if you're not with the right person, it can be really hard. Well, and what we know is that women are not very happy with the industry, right? So when you're, you know, get recommendations from your friends is always the first place, you know, that I always say to start. But then what you want to look at is not so much, you know, if they're if they're in a position that they're doing this, of course, you want to check out people's credentials, but likely that's not going to be the problem. The problem typically is finding someone that you're comfortable with, that you can trust and who understands you and your life, not just your money. So you want someone who who works holistically, who considers money in the context of life. And you want someone who will help you grow your level of financial competency as well as confidence. So this means you want someone who acts more like a coach versus an all-knowing expert. So the best thing to do is to meet with uh, you can meet with two, three, four, whatever, and let them know, hey, I'm interviewing to find the person that's the best fit for me. Because this is a relationship that's all about fit. And you want someone you feel comfortable being honest and vulnerable with. It's a vulnerable relationship to talk about money. Yes. And I, I actually think the interviewing process in itself can be empowering. And one of the things I would put out there is if somebody has an issue that you're interviewing several people, then just check them off the list. Right. They're done. Right. <laughs> because you have to, be able, you know, I, you, I'm sure you like me have heard horror stories of uh, women telling telling you that they felt they were, that their financial professional was talking down to them or, you know, wasn't treating them with the respect they deserve. So you want to find that out up front. How do they work with people? And is that a good fit for your style? I think the other thing I'm just going to throw in there, and you probably uh, know more about this too, is the idea that there are financial services professionals and advisors who specialize in working through a transition. And so that's become more and more of a specialty. It doesn't mean they're automatically a good fit for you, but a simple Google, you know, advisor specializing in women and divorce, you can find some really good people. And with such a virtual world, which I think we're going to always kind of be in a virtual world going forward, hopefully a live world too. Uh, But you can work with people who aren't necessarily, you know, down the street. You can actually work with an advisor who has the specialty that clicks with you that may not be in your geographic area because we're able to do that now. Absolutely. So what other tips do you have? Because I feel like you've already given us so much, but I don't know if there's one or two key takeaways that you'd like to leave listeners with as it relates to going through a divorce or going through a transition and really boosting your confidence, looking at the upside of a tricky situation. Well, I think, you know, one of the the facts that always kind of makes me uh, stand up and take notice is that 90% of women will be solely responsible for their finances at some point in their lives. So we all need to build our confidence and competence. And I think the idea is to, when you can be proactive and build that confidence and financial knowledge ahead of the curveballs that life throw us from time to time, because this won't be the last one, right? Because there are so many emotional aspects to life transitions, and it's just easier to face them when we're feeling confident and prepared. But for those people already in the midst of it, it's never too late. So now now is the time to say, okay, this is this is what's in my life and I've got to figure out what's the best way for me to step forward and look at both of these confidence and competence so that I step into this next stage of my life 
in, with feeling much more in control. This is about feeling in control. The other thing I just want to add, because I think this is so key, we need to be a role model to our daughters and make sure we pass this message on to them about financial confidence and competence and have them start building it right from the start. Yes, I would completely agree. The next generation role modeling, sometimes it's really hard to do it for yourself, but you could do right. it for your kids or your That's right. nieces, nephews, whoever it might be. And I would say that we need to role model it for our daughters and also our sons. Yes. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, you and I, I feel like that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Forward. We'll do that one later. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Amy, you have so much for people who are going through different life transitions, whether it's divorce or widowhood or other types of transitions. So tell the listeners where they can find out more about you. And I understand that you might have a special offer for people who are listening in today as well. Yes. So they can go to dramy.life instead of .com. And uh, I'd love to connect on LinkedIn too, just Amy Dupree. And you know, uh, the spelling of my last name is always a little bit of a trick, D-apostrophe-A-P-R-I-X. And if you come on and are an advisor who would like to take our trusted advisor of choice class, we have uh, a discount of 20% and you can use the code DRAMY20 and that will get you 20% off of our, our course. And uh, if you have questions about it, we'd love to talk to you about it. And can I just do a quick plug? KBK, that we're about to launch your best life forward, which is for individuals going through transitions. And uh, please check that out on the website too. Of course you can do a plug. I love all these offerings and I can't wait to check out that course. We will make sure all the links are in our show notes. And so people can take advantage, whether you're an advisor or whether you're an individual of a offer that fits for you. And as always, time goes so quick, Dr. Amy, but we have so much fun talking about money and breaking money silence together. So thank you so much for taking your time to join us today. Thanks for having me on. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both, helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.